this is going to be so amazing. I am so, so, so excited to finally connect with you because we have been talking for a couple months now about doing this. Right. And we're here. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm so happy about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask her because she, uh, you know, could we collaborate because I'm I watch your I'm, I follow you on Instagram um I heard uh, one of your episodes I'm actually on Sound, SoundCloud now so mm-hmm. I can keep up with your episodes now and I just Aww. I just love it I love the I like your perspective yeah you know, you can, I, I can't say that about a lot of people but I like your perspective and I like mm-hmm. what you stand for um and you're all about being you you know yeah. and embracing life to the fullest so I love that And I really appreciate your brand, Be Your Own Kind, because it's exactly what I strive to do and be every single day. And I, that's what also my platform is about, just allowing people to be exactly who they are, share who they are on my platform. So yeah, I appreciate you and your perspective as well. Nice, nice. Well, can you introduce yourself a little bit for me? (laughs) Yeah. Connectors, you know who I am. I am Alexia Marche Plummer. I am the host, the plug of Amps Connected Podcast. You know what to do. Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast. And let's get connected. I'm also the visionary, the creator, the curator of Amps Connected, which is a brand that allows artists from all over the world to do exactly what I said, share who they are, share their journey, their life story on becoming the artist they are today. My website, ampsconnected.com, my brand, what I'm doing is just building a hub for artists all over the world. I mean, I'm a singer. I'm also about to be, I'm speaking that into existence. I'm about to be uh, an Esquire. I am a lawyer. Um, I'm taking the Indiana bar in February. So yeah, very soon I will be able to say I am an attorney, not just a lawyer. So nice, nice. That's dope. (laughs) What, um, what part of law will you be practicing? So right now I negotiate contracts, uh, research contracts, and I negotiate with universities here in the States and also universities and companies all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I love, 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 love what I do. But this year made me know that I have to do I have to start living my life for my people so I'm I don't know um I don't know if I really want to practice law Mm -hmm. but I do want to be able to avail myself to people who need my help um after George Floyd's murder people here in Lafayette were asking for an attorney because they were protesting and they, you know, were locked up for disturbing the peace for whatever infraction. Right. Mm -hmm. And what happened, they weren't trusting attorneys here and they're like, well, where are the black attorneys? They aren't here. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, there are no, like the, the black attorneys that you'll see here, there's one black attorney, but he practices civil law. So oh. you won't see him in the courtroom defending someone who's about to be put in prison, right? Right. So I'm like, that hurt my feelings a lot because I've been here off and on since 2014. Mm -hmm. I worked at the courthouse here. I clerked for a couple of the judges. And when it was in May, I was like, why am I not doing more for my people? Mm -hmm. So... I decided I was taking um, MBA courses, but I dropped out of MBA school to just focus on being a, a beacon of hope for my people. Mm -hmm. So I decided then to go on and prepare myself to take the Indiana bar so that I can, I'm going to say it, um, I think I want to be a judge here. I think that's that's really where my heart, my goal is to be on the bench here. So. I'll vote for you. Hey, <laughs> hey. And you know what? I'm glad you said that because just a week ago, I ran into one of the candidates. We, you know, we just had our election and um, a new court opened and one of the attorneys, she was running for that new court. She didn't win. One of, um, he was a magistrate. And I think, I'm not sure if he became a judge on another bench or whatever um, in, a North, in, in another court, but she lost and I was telling her that this is what I, I, I really would like to do, become a judge here in Lafayette. And she was saying, well, what about practicing law? How many years have you practiced? And you know, you need to get some type of experience to be able to, to be a judge. And then my response was, well, you know, that's, it's a political position that it's about being elected. Right. And, you know, and though I understand practicing and being in the courtroom and acting as an attorney does give you experience, I feel like I'm almost giving my speech as my debate speech as to why you should vote for me. But it's 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 real. Like it doesn't I don't think that I have to practice at this point in my life. I have had experience in the courtroom. I have seen the courtroom. I know what it takes to be a good attorney, but mm -hmm. I also was a clerk for several judges. So mm -hmm. I know how judges think. I know what it takes to be a good judge. And I think looking at all that has happened, even just here in Lafayette since May, I think I would be a great candidate to be a judge because I know I, I interact with the people. I know what the people want. And I think I'm fair enough and also partial enough to, to see what is, is real, what is needed here mm -hmm. and not just follow precedent per se. Like a lot of times judges, and I, I will never, never, ever forget one of the judges I worked for, Judge Daniel. He basically changed this boy's life. He was a football player at Purdue and he had gotten in a fight with his roommate over, I'm gonna say a PS5. I don't even know what, what gaming station, but 
PS5 is in everybody's mind right now, right? right? And so he got in a fight over this gaming system and he hit his roommate, knocked his jaw, and the state charged him with a battery. Okay, well, the charge that he got was a felony charge, which meant that he would have to go to prison. So he came before the judge and the prosecutor again wanted to send him to prison. Well, he was kicked out of Purdue. He went to another school and the school said, if you are able to come to our school, get this as a misdemeanor so that you can come to school and not be in prison, we will give you a scholarship. Nice. So, right, right. So now the judge is looking at this. I can either send him to prison or give him the chance to send himself to prison again, you know, give him the opportunity, let him go to college, let him have that scholarship. Yes, he did what he did. He got kicked out of Purdue, but this other school is giving him the opportunity. Right. I will be like that judge. No, I'm not going to send you to prison. Right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to go on because I know if I send you to prison, your life is practically over, not because you went to prison, but also because you are a black man. I don't think that people, the, the judges, uh, judges, um, prosecutors, I don't think attorneys sometimes even realize it's just that real. Right. He's a black kid. He did something that was heinous, but it wasn't like he should lose his life over this. And it was his first offense, right? Right. It yeah. was. Yeah. And he, even and even the roommate, the victim here said, please, you know, I, I wish that this didn't happen. I know we could have like resolved this some other way, but this sending him to prison is not the way. Right. And the prosecutor was still trying to send him to prison. And it, it made me cry in the courtroom because if the judge would have said, you know what, prosecutor? I believe, I believe you're correct. Who knows what would have happened to him? Right. They're just, so I think they're more focused on winning a case. They don't think about someone's life. This is someone's mm -hmm. son. Mm -hmm. You know, he mm -hmm. has a future. You know, he, mm -hmm. if he's getting scholarships for football, he's great. You know, he could potentially go to the NFL. So they're not looking at a life here. They're mm -hmm. just looking at the case. You know, exactly. and I feel like you have to have some type of people skills or some type of empathy with yes. that job as well, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that's what I, I think sometimes lacks in the judicial judicial system. Mm -hmm. And even the police, the, the, the policing, that's, I would just say that, like, so we put our police in environments that they're not even accustomed to. Right. And then expect grand results. Know what happens. You know, yeah, you're laughing because you know it's true. It's like, how can you take this this person, you know, who's grown up <clears throat> white picket white picket fence their entire lives, you put them in what we would call maybe a ghetto, and they're all of a sudden supposed to relate? Right. That's absurd. Yeah. 
And what really opened my eyes was this summer was being able to really interact with the public, really build friendships, relationships with people. You know, here in Lafayette, you hear Chicago people brought, brought violence here. Mm, to an extent, maybe. Possibly. Possibly. But you can't look at everybody from Chicago as, oh, wait, you from Chicago, uh, you're violence. I don't want to deal with you. Right. No. I'm from Chicago. I'm one of those people. That, See, there you go. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and, I'm one of those people that came from Chicago. But there's also a mixture of Gary, Indy, and mm -hmm. even like broader cities. So you can't blame it on one particular. This mm -hmm. is just our reputation right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's Chicago has a very bad reputation so if you say you when I tell people I'm from Chicago I do kind of get a look like you're from there like are you trying to you can't bunch a whole bunch of people but yeah. we do you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. but yeah I I get shocking like oh my god I didn't know you were from there and it's like there are awesome people in Chicago not everyone's killing people exactly exactly <laughs> and I will even say this this summer for Juneteenth one of my teammates, she's from Chicago. We had a Juneteenth celebration out in um, Centennial Park. And it was amazing. Like we had so a hundred plus people out there, a lot of people from Chicago. And we had so much fun, so much food, so many children out there just having fun. We had music out there. And it really just showed me, you know what? I've, I need to be in the courtroom when some of these people are in front of a judge because no, just because you're from Chicago does not mean automatically that you deserve to be locked up or sent back to Chicago because you don't belong here anyway. Right, exactly. And you're from Louisiana, correct? Yeah. I right. Am. So I know New Orleans has a bad reputation too. When mm -hmm. um, Katrina happened and everyone was um, moving abroad, people were blaming um, the influx of violence on the the New Orleans natives. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, uh, Chicago and Chicago actually did that as well. And it's like, are you serious? <laughs> And it's so unfortunate because some of that may be true, but then we have to look at the underlying reason why, I, you know what, I was in, I was in Walmart last weekend and we were going through the self-checkout line, me and my friend, I had already gone through, she was doing her, her thing. And I was just waiting there and the lady who watches over the two belts, mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a shame that I have to sit here and watch these belts because the other day somebody walked out with a basket, a whole basket full of groceries for free. And I was like, well, if they walked out of here with a whole basket, maybe they needed it. I'm not going to say they were just stealing because they wanted to. I, I won't say that. I won't say that somebody will risk their life for, you know, stealing a basket because they just found it enjoyable. Right. Not to say people don't steal. I, I, I know that. I acknowledge that. But to be that bold there's a lack there. And that's what saddened me most about Katrina 
was all of a sudden you have a spotlight on people who are displaced, but people focus on the the crime that's being committed that's being committed right instead of the lack. Well, maybe there should be some type of resource or help. You know, there was um, not first aid. Um, a red, red cross. What is it? Uh, come on, come on, come on. Uh, relief is something. <laughs> yes, I can't even. Could, uh, FEMA, FEMA. I was yeah, like, I have to. Yeah. The FEMA trailers. That's what I had to think about. Yeah, the the FEMA. You know, we had we're supposed to have these types of um, organizations or. Um, um, committees that's supposed to fund us when we are we are when we need relief, but does that really happen? No. We're no. looking at that now, even with this whole coronavirus pandemic. Right. Well, my question. Let, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute. So you're talking. Okay, you you were mentioning Katrina, and um, people, you know pretty much looting how do you feel about looting in the situation of black lives matter that happened this year mm -hmm. what is your stance on that i do not condone looting okay. but i understand i understand when you are pissed off and you could care less about somebody's business that would possibly have their insurance recover help them recover right mm -hmm. now will i say i'm gonna go out and loot no but i do understand i understand that people get angry and they lash out in different ways i may cuss somebody else may go and again i'm not condoning this somebody else may go and punch holes in the wall right you know, okay, now you have to go pay for that, you know? So I'm, I'm not gonna say here, that I'm not gonna bash anybody, but what I wish was, I wish it didn't really, I wish it didn't harm the businesses, honestly, because it broke my heart when I saw this black guy. I don't, I think the video was from years ago. Mm -hmm. But he was crying out in the streets. He's like, why my business? I'm hurting as well. Why mine? I've built this. I've been here with you. But you you came to my place. And that I understood him. And I almost grieved with him because I would hate, you know, my whole life I've built a thriving business. And then all of a sudden, because you are angry about over the same fight that I'm angry about, and you, but you're taking your anger out on my business, mm -hmm. I understand his grief. Mm -hmm. So I wish that um, the looters who are protesting or looting in the name of, I would hope that they would not be looting their own people's stores. That's um, what I'm gonna... In a lot of cases, that that, that was the case. Mm -hmm. um, but I also feel even if it wasn't a black, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I was indifferent and a lot of people didn't agree with me, but I'm just like, 
what what did those businesses have to well well Gucci not Gucci what was the store Macy's deserved it and I'm like did they mm-hmm. <laughs> what about so, all the people that work there though that may be minority like now they don't have jobs mm-hmm. you know maybe people got laid off you know like I don't know I was just thinking of the grand scheme of things like I understand like you said people are infuriated nothing is um there's no justice you know um these cops are just skating by you know Mm -hmm. they're just killing people like it's a video game Mm -hmm. you know I get it I get the the um the anger I get the rage but I still don't agree with the looting yeah yeah (laughs) and I was talking to a couple business owners around here and it it made me have a, a moral debate in my own head when one of a good, good friend, she had the biker boys, you know, guarding her building. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm protesting, I'm like, oh, oh, wow. So how do I look at you? Do I look at you as a biker girl? You know, because when I was just um, sitting at one of the restaurants, I don't know if you're familiar uh, with the fresh air eats that they were having. Oh, so they on Main Street, some of the restaurants, they had people outside, like on the street instead of just like on their patios. Mm -hmm. So we're and so obviously if people are out on the streets, it's supposed to be pedestrian only. Right. Right. Well, oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was when Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were announced as president, vice president. I was sitting outside one of the restaurants and the biker boys come rolling through. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, obviously, this is a protest against what everybody is celebrating right now, Mm -hmm. but the audacity, you know? And so then back in May, when I'm protesting and I'm looking at these businesses and these business owners that I'm friends with and their businesses are being guarded by these biker boys, now I'm like, oh, well. Yeah. How do I look at you? Because on one hand, they could just be protecting our business. On the Mm -hmm. other, they're not supportive of of this movement. Mm -hmm. And they've always, they've always shown me love. And that's why I'm not going to even say the names of the businesses. Right. But they've always shown me love. But I, I always think in my head, when we're at that time where if you have to step up and, and save me, would you? Hmm. I don't know. I'm from the South. So, you know, I've had these conversations and even like my mom and I, I obviously my mom would choose me, right? My mom is black, but my mom to an untrained eye, my mom is lighter skinned. Mm-hmm. She has blue eyes one day, green eyes the next her hair is straighter, softer, curlier. Mm-hmm. And so again, to an untrained eye, you wouldn't think of her as a black woman, right? Right. And so <clears throat> my my brother, he was a mischievous one, but I love him because he always kept you on your toes. He asked my mom one day, Ma, when you were younger, did you beat up on black people? 
And my mom's like, what? And she's like, where did you get that from? He's like, well, ma, you know, white people don't like black people. And so she's like, well, no, I'm black. I just have a lighter skin tone. And then I started thinking, wow, that was that was a question. And, and mind you, he was like really young, like maybe five, six years old. And then it made me think, well, I wonder, and I it didn't, it didn't make me wonder, but it just made me think like if the KKK were to come to our house and they saw my mom, she would make us hide. And could she save us because of how she appeared? You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's saddening is that a five-year-old sees that. And and can see, you know, the destruction and the the, the division. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what saddens me the most. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm speechless on that. And um, well, oh, I did read that you protested um, on Facebook. Like that, that story was pretty big. You mm. led um, fifty people. Oh um, no! So head. like, what was so miraculous about this whole summer? And what did his daughter, George Floyd's daughter, say? That his death rocked the world, right? Right. Like the whole world felt it. And I just was quote unquote in South Africa. And they have a similar word to our N-word. It's a K-word. And she was saying at five years old, she was called the K-word. And I'm like, wow, the same person. She she messaged me. It was that weekend after George Floyd's murder. Mm -hmm. And she asked me about how I was doing. And I was like, I was shocked. I was overwhelmed with emotion because... In South Africa, they have a lot of race issues as well. Mm -hmm. And so when she texted me, I was just like, wow, you took the time to reach out to me just to see how I was doing. And all I could reply was, thank you. Thank you for standing with me and my people here joining in the fight. Because she said that she was signing every petition she could come across. And, you know, standing in solidarity with the protests happening here. I say that to say, I did not lead, I did not call any protest. I joined all of the protests here. And yeah, but what was so amazing was that so many people came and we just hit the ground running. So many networking was happening and groups were being formed. And some of the people who was on my team, I mentioned earlier, um, Juneteenth. So Mm -hmm. shout out to Jasmine. Jasmine she, I'm who I'm so excited because like I'm, I'm, I need some water. But um, Jasmine, she's from Chicago, came here. She was one of the leaders. She was one of the ones okay. who organized. And we got together. It was Jasmine, Fred, TK, um, and two others from an organization, YWTF, here um, Vanessa, Ulyssa. Um, Rachel. So these people, we all found each other at one of the protests. Okay. And we just, it, it was fate. It, we were supposed to be together. We're already talking about Juneteenth for next year, you know? Um, and it, 
Yeah. Okay, yes. I want to I come next year. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because it, again, I was so, I was so proud, so proud of what we were able to do. We got that together in like a week. Oh. And it was again, like a hundred plus people out there. The news came out and what, I guess, what was the, 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 the best moment, the best takeaway for me was when this older lady, I'll say she's in her 60s, she said she had never celebrated Juneteenth. She had never heard of Juneteenth mm-hmm. until recently. And I'm like, wow, since a kid, I don't know if it's like a Southern thing, but since a kid, I had always celebrated Juneteenth. Really? Yes. I'm a Midwestern. I didn't hear about Juneteenth, Juneteenth until my 20s. And wow. I still had to celebrate. Like, I mean, I was excited this year about it, but I didn't mm-hmm. like, I didn't know anything about a celebration here in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I was at home. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I hadn't heard about it till my twenties. Well, no, definitely be on the lookout. Um, June 19th, 2021. I don't know where exactly, but the food's going to be on point because Jasmine is definitely on point with the food. So that's (laughs) going to happen. And even my band, I'm in the Velocity District here in Lafayette. We performed, um, Ebony and the Ruckus performed. We had a DJ out there, DJ Don. He was out there on the ones and twos. It was it was a lot of fun. So definitely, definitely be on the lookout. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I want to go. I want to come. I'm, you know, my sister is from. I have a middle sister who uh, was raised in South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. Long story short, we met about maybe 10, 11 years ago, and it's a lot of stuff she tells me, like such as this, and I'm just like, how did all of this go over my head? And I'm like, is it regional or is it? It just wasn't it just wasn't a subject growing up, you know, like I knew the basics, like whatever school taught, taught us, but I didn't know some of the things that I felt that I should have known, you know, so she's been educating me. She's like, you need to read this book, read this book, you know, um, and George Floyd is what actually prompted, you know, this, cause I'm, cause I'm listening to people talk online and I'm like, like it, I'm, I'm resonating with it, but some of that stuff is like flying over my head and I'm like, wait a minute, Wait, 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 wait. So I do have, I have a totally different perspective by, uh, you know, by researching and learning more of my history. You know, I knew it wasn't a good history, but I never actually took the time to read it and know what was going on, you know? So um, I do implore anyone, you know, African-American, Latino, whatever, read, like freshen up on your heritage, Mm -hmm. you know, read you know, study, learn your history in its entirety, you know, that's how you build pride, Mm -hmm. you know, about who you are, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah. Exactly. I, I love that I can look back and appreciate those moments where, you know, I was a kid, didn't really know that, Mm -hmm. you know, it was not a national holiday, but I would say living in the South, it, it must have been different living in the Midwest or in the North, right? Mm-hmm. Like we w- had slavery for real, for real in the South. Mm-hmm. So when it was time for us, that's what Juneteenth was about. It took time for people up here to say, no, the, 
get on their horses or, you know, walk, do what Harriet Tubman, by the way, that movie yes. was amazing. Yes. You know, like it took time for people to go down June 19th. It was, and now I can't even, um, I, today was a long day. I'm sorry, y'all. But so many years after we were free to, for them to say, Hey, y'all, y'all are finally free. You know, what a day, what a day we can never, ever forget. Right. So I think that's probably, probably the reason, um, the people not from the South really, you know, celebrated Juneteenth. So Right, because I, I wasn't alone. Not so many people will admit it, but I wasn't alone in just learning about that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, everybody, everyone, I saw I saw all the celebrations online. I'm like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then when July 4th came, it was mm -hmm. kind of quiet. And I'm like, I think that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it's I think it's unfair because I've seen even under the comments um, about the Juneteenth celebration we had this year, mm -hmm. people were like, well, why all of a sudden they wanna have these celebrations? And it's like, well, we've we've been having them. Right. We're just now spreading or people are now receptive even of these types of celebrations and want to celebrate. So right. why not? Why wouldn't we not have a celebration when my black people wanna celebrate their heritage? They exactly. wanna celebrate being black, being who we are, exactly. eating our food, enjoying our music, being with our people. Why not? Right. Exactly. Um, and that's what my sister said. She was like, I'd rather everyone catch on now than never. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Why wait? Right. We, wait, we waited all this time. Right. <laughs> Why not? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited about next year's celebration. Me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, well, I mean, uh, you mentioned on one of your platforms uh, that your love for travel and I know that you, um, you love to travel. What do you call it? A wonderlust? Yes. <laughs> so to speak. Yes. So what was your favorite traveling experience? Oh, um, so I'll say, um, I, I say that my brand, even my life is led by Fernway. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's just a spirit of being homesick, but homesick for nowhere in particular. Hmm. Yeah, so I love traveling. Um, I would say the, you said the best experience. Yeah, your favorite traveling experience. Mm, I would say my favorite traveling experience was when I moved to South, South Korea. I was going to say South Africa. I have South Africa on the brain. When I moved to South Korea, that was probably the best and my most favorite traveling experience. Yeah. Yep. Because... I gave that to myself and it allowed my brain to open up to so much more, like a, a different way of life even. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I went, oh my God, I cried like every day the first three months because I, I moved there. Um, I, I neglected to say that. I moved there after undergrad to teach. 
So I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a year off, go travel a little bit, make some money. But I knew I wasn't ready for law school. So let me do this. And then I can always come back home and do law school. So yeah, I moved to South Korea. I was in the mountains in a super, super small town called Doge or Dogecho. And it's a super, super small town, smaller than Lafayette, in the mountains. I could literally run around and everyone would be like, oh, I lecture teacher, hello. And I'm like, hi, hi, everybody, you know me. Because yes, I was one, well, later on, I was one of three black people in the city. So I was not hard to find at all. Um, but it, I cried every, every day for the first three months until I had a dream where I got on the plane and went back home to Louisiana. And when I got off the plane, my mom handed me a roll of toilet paper. And she's like, all right, here you go. And so when I woke up, yeah, I know. When I woke up and I saw that I was still in Korea, I was like, oh, all right. So that dream meant, okay, you better get your shit together because <laughs> you come back here, what are you gonna do, you know? Wow. And when I got up, I did. I immediately went to the Hapkido gym that was like right down the mountainside from me. And I became a black belt in Hapkido. I enjoyed, I loved, loved, loved tutoring. So I started tutoring even people in the neighborhood, um, some of the ajumas, those are the older women. Mm -hmm. um, I had some kids I used to teach. It was, that was probably, I made friendships with Koreans who are still in Korea today. I met people who were in Korea from all over the world, who we still are in contact. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to travel to China. And I don't think I would have done that if I had not been in Korea. Right. And that was another awesome experience. So I would say if I had to pick one traveling experience, moving to South Korea was will forever be my best, most favorite experience. Wow. Mm -hmm. Dope. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I cannot wait to go back. So if I go back, I'm going to say, Renita, come, 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 please. Yes. So yeah. would that be a country that you, like if you could live in a country for the rest of your life, would that be that country? Mm -hmm. nice. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes, I could definitely, it's every country that I've been to, something is always, you know, gonna be annoying, right? Even in America, something is annoying about America. Some people would never ever move from America. I love America. I love that, you know, I can do all that America offers to me, mm -hmm. right? right? I sometimes hate when I go to, I'm trying to remember, because it's been about 10 years, 11 years since I've been in, in Korea. Um, 
let me think. I'm trying to think what I missed in Korea, but like, it's just, I'll even say the food, right? So uh, yeah, I'll say the food. So in Korea, they have pizza, but it's not the same type of pizza that I can get from Papa John's Pizza Hut here in America because yeah. their Pizza Hut or Papa John's, because there is Pizza Hut there, but they will serve like corn on the pizza with potato in the crust instead of cheese. And it's like, hmm. I don't know about that, but okay. You know, that's not what I was going for today, but all right, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to imagine it. It just feel like disrespect. <laughs> oh yeah, because you're from Chicago where y'all right. known for y'all's yeah. pizza. We're so, really serious about pizza in Chicago. You know, so right, right, right. So yeah, I would... <clears throat> I would definitely move back to South Korea. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? What are, um, what's one of your favorite or most exciting traveling experiences? You know, I didn't have a knack for traveling until COVID. <laughs> oh, really? Now that's odd. Because I'm looking at, like, you have time, right? So I'm looking at all these different places online on YouTube and I'm like, like COVID made me realize I'm not living mm -hmm. because I'm in the house and I'm kind of me and my husband are kind of homebodies, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's because they said stay in the house that all of a sudden I was like, I want to go everywhere. And I realized like <laughs> life is passing you by girl, you know, like you need to live some life. So I can't wait for it to open up. I have never been out of the country. However, um, one of my favorite um, States was Memphis Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. so Memphis, Tennessee. Me and my husband had so much fun there. Yeah. So Beale much culture. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. There's so much culture, and we rolled around and you know throughout the city and the the food and mm. the music culture. And we went to um I think Martin Luther King Museum is there, right? Yes. Yeah, so we yeah, yeah. I get that mixed up with the civil the civil rights one in Atlanta because I went to that one too. So, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, which was was awesome. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I loved Memphis a lot so much that I wanted to almost live there. Cause really, it, yeah, I loved it. And my husband was like, "This is just the touristy stuff, though, babe." <laughs> like, <laughs> but I love the music. I could just listen to live music all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed Memphis. Uh, the last time I was in Tennessee, we, me and my mom, we took like this little mother daughter trip to Nashville mm -hmm. and that was, I liked Nashville as well. We went to, um, oh my gosh, what y'all, I'm sorry. I am tired. I have gotten like little sleep. Uh, oh my gosh, Dolly Parton. I have to Google this right now. It's the mm -hmm. venue in Nashville, Tennessee where like the country singers. I've heard of that, but I don't know the name of it. Let me see. Oh my gosh, country music hall. Let me, I can, oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank? That's okay. Uh, Nashville, what'd you say, country singer? Yeah, it's- Country music hall of fame? No, it's not that. It's like where Nashville, Tennessee, um, oh my gosh, now, music music venues yeah, grand old opry duh okay. yes <laughs> the grand old I, I know connectors y'all are like grand old opry grand old opry yeah 
Yes. How could I forget that? The Grand Ole Opry. That was that was a ooh, really, really cool experience. Just knowing that most I'm not a country fan at all. Really? But knowing, no, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> but knowing that all of the country greats and musicians, you know, go to Grand Ole Opry uh-huh. and it means you made it. So it was, it was a cool experience to go and tour and just be there. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I'm shocked by that because most musicians like kind of correlate the blues with country. Like, mm-hmm. um, so most, most, most musicians are like both. So that's why yeah. I was like, really? You don't like country? <laughs> no, 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 I like the blues my grandma so okay so memphis tennessee is not far from clarksdale mississippi that's where my that's where my dad's side of the family's from okay my grandma is a singer she never she never went off to become a professional singer long story short her people were super religious and they were stealing her shine so I know they, they kill all her vibe. So she was stuck in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Clarksdale, Mississippi is the birthplace of the blues. There's like a um, blues museum. B.B. Um, King, he's from Clarksdale, Mississippi. Uh-huh. It's like a whole thing, right? Right. And I, I look at my grandma like, I think you're the reason why. I am the singer I am today because she definitely has the voice of an angel, like for real, for real. But yeah, I love the blues, but country, I'm good. I'm good. It's the same though. Like, and excuse me if I'm offending (laughs) lovers, but I feel like it's the same. It's a story that is mainly sad, you know, Mm -hmm. and then there's a lesson, you know, in that sadness that the person learned or um, they grew through it or something like it's a story basically. So I always kind of thought the blues was country in Mm -hmm. a way, like it's the same to me in some aspects. Because, okay, so let's think then about love songs or R&B, right? Mm -hmm. It's usually about loving somebody. I was just listening to a song this morning, or better yet, one of of my most recent favorite songs is BS by her, well, um, Janae Aiko and her, right? Mm -hmm. And it is about being in love, being back on your BS, doing what you want to do, knowing, recognizing people for their BS or whatever. Right. So I, I think lyrics, but it's more for me, it's more about the groove of the song because okay. to me, country songs are wonky tonk and <laughs> donkey donk and I'm loving my baby in my tonky trunk, you know, like, but whereas the blues is like, I don't know. I heard my baby, uh, she give me the blues. It's just, I can, I can relate more with, mm-hmm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I guess my aunt, she loves country music. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. It just don't sit right with my soul. I mean, it, unless we're talking, oh, I'm going to take my horse down an old town road. Yeah. Now, I can get behind that kind of country music. But um, 
the average. Mm. Tim McGraw, mm. Brad Paisley, um, Carrie um, Underwood. Yeah, clearly I like country music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so my bad for offending you. No, 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 no. It's people. It's it's not the actual genre. It's just certain people that sing country music that I like. Like I'm not yeah. like a country um, song hit. I like. I I don't know anymore. I thought I liked pop, but then I liked R and B. I went through that phase. Then I liked hip hop, and now with music, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love all types of music. Really, uh-huh. if. So I won't say that I hate country music. It's definitely not my top five. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I could appreciate a good country song, but my go-to, especially when I'm singing, is a good R&B, give me a good ballad, give me a Anita Baker meets Whitney Houston meets Sade. That's like, that's my whole vibe right there. And might I add, I am not surprised you said that. First time I listened to you sing, it was, I think it was like a a karaoke at a a mutual friend's birthday party. And they were saying you were about to, like the Sade song started. And Uh I was like, people don't mess with Sade. Like, that's exactly (laughs) what I said. I'm like, who messing with Sade? So I look up and you start singing and I'm like, like jaw drop i'm like oh my god she sounds amazing because people don't mess with sade songs and (laughs) baker songs you know what i'm saying like you got up there and you killed it and i was like i'm like i had to apologize i'm like i judged her (laughs) i'm like i'm trying to sing sade don't worry (laughs) (laughs) say what you doing judging me I've been to karaoke and people have tr- like tried to, you know, do certain artists, Whitney Houston and that. And it's just like, and then they get up and it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I know this is for fun, but like, like they have a, a nice voice, but their voice just isn't, it's not doing the song justice. That's all I'm saying. And that's why, like, I love karaoke. I think I picked that up living in Korea. Yeah. Koreans love karaoke. They even have like, you, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a karaoke bar here. But yeah. in Korea, that's like a real thing. Like everywhere, there are karaoke bars, noribongs. And I think that's where I, I really uh, could appreciate karaoke. But I hate it because people be like, nah, I'm not singing after you. Or no, you in the room, I'm not singing. And I'm like, y'all, this is supposed to be for fun. So let me go up here and try to sing a song that I really don't know. So we can all be comfortable. But it's gonna sound good no matter what you say. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I stick to 80 songs because they're not really singing. Like Miss, like for instance, Janet Jackson, Miss You Much. She's uh-huh. not singing that song. <laughs> She's like, shy, and then you just keep going. She's like talking. So, you know, you're safe with 80 songs because most of them could sing anyway. So it's kind of lucky. I'm I'm hearing once quarantine is over, we should have like a podcast karaoke, a podcast mashup karaoke party. Oh, yeah. I think that would be fun. And I think we have a lot of friends here who love karaoke. So Yeah, but all of y'all can sing. I mean, it's you know, we, Look, here's my philosophy on singing. Like for real, uh-huh. so connectors, even my connectors, um, my followers, your people, 
listen, everyone can sing. Here's the thing though. Everyone has a different technique. Your technique may not be like my technique. You may not enjoy your technique. You may not enjoy somebody else's technique. You may enjoy my technique, but everybody can sing. So don't tell yourself that you cannot sing, Renita. Just say, maybe my technique is not my favorite, but I can sing because you can. <laughs> I'm going to share that thought with my family and then I'll get back to <laughs> Yes, Alexia said I can sing. Right, and, and they're gonna want your contact information. <laughs> like, don't tell her that. But so you are correct. Say, just tell them maybe you don't like my technique, but I can sing. Thank you very much. Right, because a lot of people argue with me about Alicia Keys because I'm like. <laughs> Her name's Alicia Keys, but she sings off key. But a lot of people like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I like her style. I like what mm -hmm. she stands for. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't pay to see her live. But that doesn't mm -hmm. mean I don't like her. But people get mad when I'm like, eh. <laughs> I think she's dope as a person, though. She, and she's a dope piano player and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's just, no. <laughs> yeah, that's actually just like, and I hate to say it because, Sometimes she can sound cute, but my girl Candy from mm. Escape, mm. yeah, she's not my favorite singer, but girl, you can write a bad song. You, you can, can, like, you you can run a bad business. I won't take that away from you, right. but the singing is not my favorite. No, no. Um, she's okay. She was okay. In escape, but it was I don't even know her name. Mm -hmm. The other girl could blow. Um, I so uh, I I know Tiny, of course, but there is even another. I can't even recall right now. Tasha and somebody I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, you know, Candy was okay, but compared to like the other ones, mm -hmm. yeah. But she could write a good song, like, yeah. and she has wrote great songs so you know i mean I've, like award-winning songs right mm -hmm. like scrubs, didn't she yes yeah. yes so i won't ever take that from her but singing no nah, i'm good so what is your favorite song to sing hmm. my favorite song to sing that's hard because it really just depends on my mood uh when you're in a chill mood what's your favorite song to sing <clears throat> Well, how about this? So my band, The Velocity District, we are about to release um, a recording of Strange Fruit. We okay. released a, a, a um, rehearsal recording, but we're going to do it like a little bit better. And I think right now that has been the song my spirit most resonates with. Um, it's just about what's going on today. And unfortunately, Billie Holiday, she was the first to sing it, oh, decades ago. And the same thing is happening now, right? right. She sings about Black bodies swinging in, she says, Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Sorry, my, my, I am not prepared to sing, but it's like, no, 
Well, yes, there are bodies being found in trees, but here people are being shot down, right? you know, or people aren't able to even thrive, live their best life. So that's probably a song. Um, my band is also preparing for a Whitney song, Shoop Shoop. So that's been a fun oh, song. Yeah. Song. I know that's that's been a, a fun song to even practice. But really, give me an Anita Baker. Um, yeah, Ooh, just a Sade. good. You're good with Sade. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard um, your version of Strange Fruit on YouTube. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, the one on this is a little known fact. The one on YouTube. I I mean, it was it the one just by myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that I know because there's so many versions out there because there's that one that you're talking about. And I actually recorded that one in Dubai. I was in my hotel room and I was like, yo, this has, this song still hits today. Mm-hmm. And so I was, yeah, I was living in a hotel in Dubai and that song just made me record it. And so that's the version that you hear on YouTube. It was beautiful. But, you can hear the emotion in your voice as you're singing. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you could open open a show for any artist, any artist, what would it be? Oh my gosh. So of course, I am Whitney Houston's biggest fan. So if she were still here. I would be so honored, so honored to open for her. Uh, If we were talking about people still on this earth, I have been obsessed with Tank and the Bangers. I don't know if you've heard, they are a band from New Orleans. They are amazing. I said bangers, the bangers. Um, not bangers, bangers. Um, so I would definitely open for them. Or if if I wanted to be a little more, I don't know, if I had like a once in a once in this lifetime opportunity, I would say Anita Baker. I know she's already retired, but I would love, I wish that they would have another tribute to her while she's still here. Mm-hmm. I would love to sing for her. So she would enjoy it too. Oh, she's so serious too about her music. She don't play. Mm-hmm. I saw um I saw her perform a performance on YouTube and I'm like, man, I wish I'd have got tickets to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing, for sure. Amazing. So has the pandemic affected your music career at all? Oh, performing and so of course we did have a bunch of gigs canceled, but we were fortunate. We still had like seven gigs still. Some were virtual, some were out on patios where people were six feet from us. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a way, yes, in a way, no, because as you know, Lafayette is a super small town. So we don't have many opportunities, but it did stop us from the opportunities, you know, outside of Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So that was a bummer. Um, but it made me, you asked, 
how did the pandemic treat me? I have enjoyed this year. Mm. I honestly, I'm, this is, I, I don't know if you can see it. This is my, my cousin's price of fame. Like so I'm going to shout, shout out his business. So I think this year has been all about this, the price of fame, the price of what you want. And maybe I won't be famous, but everything that I want this year made me focus on it. It made me sit down. What do you want for, you know, your body, your, your physical, your mental, spiritual, what do you want? And although, you know, I can say, oh, well, I wasn't able to travel anywhere I was expecting to travel this year. Okay, but you're still alive. You're right. still able to connect with people now virtually. And that even opened my eyes. I knew about Zoom last year, but in my mind, I limited myself because I thought, oh, well, my podcast is about connecting with people all over the world. So how am I going to connect with people all over, all over the world if I'm working a nine to five? And yeah, I know that I can go get on the plane and go, to, I don't know, to New York, to, to Dubai, to wherever. But how can I really do that when I work a nine to five? Yeah. And this year was like, girl, stop limiting yourself. Here's technology. Right. And just today, earlier, I was in South Africa, you know? So definitely it made me sit and appreciate everything. And I said it, I stole this from Babyface. It was Babyface, um, the verses uh -huh. with, again, Teddy I'm, Riley. Teddy Riley. Mm -hmm. So Y'all, I am so, so, so sorry. Again, I have gotten like little sleep, but I'm going. So Teddy Riley and Babyface, right? Mm -hmm. He is sitting there, uh, Babyface, just ready to press play. Teddy Riley is there with all of this equipment, you know, looking all fly, looking all good for the camera, have this cameraman, have that sound tech. And Babyface was just chilling, sit, chilling, sitting back at his desk, ready to press play. And that's what I learned about this year. Just press play. You don't have to have all of the equipment. Yes, I have a ring light right here. I didn't have a ring light before, you know, but it's like, it, you grow with what you have. Yeah. If I didn't continue with my podcast, believing in my podcast, even with just, I used to record right on my phone. Then I got a lapel mics. Now I actually have equipment, but had I, you know, gotten frustrated with just having my phone or just having lapel mics, I wouldn't have gotten here today. So all of that to say the pandemic has been amazing, has been eye-opening, has been challenging, yet it's been a year of hell of a growth. How about you? Same here. Um, I, I, I've had Be Your Own Kind platform for um, two years prior, and it was a hobby. And the, with the pandemic going on, it turned into like a full-time, like a second job. You know, and I was able to produce more um, podcasts and, and write more and connect with more people. And then I started the YouTube channel and um, I've learned different skills like 
web design and how to edit and you know mm. videos and different type of software equipment and mm-hmm. I even um got an EIN for be your own kind of like I you know it it I paid off like car all my car notes like all, wow. like like this was a year where you know normally through life you know we make excuses because we got to go here got to do that but it was no excuse this year it was no excuse like mm-hmm. you can you can do whatever you want to do you know you have the time and mm-hmm. we I, that that was the excuse any other year I don't have time right you know, this 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 but I work from home so I have nothing but <laughs> you know like when I clock out I'm still I'm home I, there's no right. travel you know what I'm saying like so I was able to to do a lot of things that um that I've had on my to-do list for years mm-hmm. for years you know even now I'm working on now I'm working on like my health you know I um join this thing called Noom or whatever. And, and it's, it's easy going, you know, like it's seamless if you just follow what they say or whatever. So now I get a chance to, to work on me. I got a chance to connect with me. And one thing about, cause my, my husband has to work, has to go outside for work. So I'm from eight to five, I'm at home by myself. So it was a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of learning things about me that mm-hmm. I didn't have time to, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of meditation, a lot of talks with God and it's, Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm inspired. Like I'm I, like I'm just inspired, and it's yes. like I, I feel like I don't have limits. Mm-hmm. Like I can learn everything in my mind. I got to slow it down because I want to <laughs> keep opening businesses. But <laughs> but now I have the confidence that I can do it, though. You mm-hmm. know, and I don't. I didn't enter this year like that. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's been a blessing. I I appreciate that. Like I I thought, <clears throat> you know. When we were going out, oh, I don't have time to do this because I still have to transport back and forth and I could be home doing this, but no, I'm at work. And now, yeah, I've been very fortunate to to be able to work from home and do try to build my platform. It's hard, but this year has, has allowed us, it seems, to have that little extra time to just do just a little bit more for ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm loving it. And we work at the same place. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like I saw um I saw it on your LinkedIn. I know I feel like a, he was like, I was really on Google. But yeah. <laughs> I and it's so funny because I'm usually like that as well. Like, let me Google everything about this person. Let me stalk your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like oh she like wait a minute how do you know that so yeah <laughs> so um I do have one more music related question okay. um so how do you feel the internet has impact impacted the music business overall Ooh. so I'll say when I was in undergrad I went to school in New Orleans I went to Loyola and they, I was a um, music industry major mm-hmm. and that program allowed me to know everything you would need to know about being an artist. Like not only just getting on a stage and singing, oh, oh something fell. Sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it was, look, I, if you, I have sticky notes like all over the place. Um, so that program, it taught us not to only be out on, out on the stage, right? But it also taught us how to promote ourselves, how to build a website, how to network, how to do all those types of things. And also, 
um, this, the same program, we had to write a paper. One of my papers was on Napster and all of those downloading, um, streaming, sharing platforms. Mm -hmm. And at that time, so that I graduated in 2010. So of course, now 10 years later, the internet has changed a lot. Music has changed a lot. Being able to access music has drastically changed. You can access music almost anywhere on any thing that you have, right? Your phone, your tablet, your laptop, your computer, your radio, right? And so, um, but then even on the radio, you have other streaming. So even on your computer, you have radio streaming platforms. And so my paper was about really being able to pay the artists for what they are worth. So you ask about the internet and music, and I think of it as it's amazing for artists. Sometimes as artists, we don't wanna give away things for free, but the internet allows us to put out content for free so that our consumers, our audience, they can get. And then we move into like platforms like Apple Music or Tidal or Spotify, And I remember the argument was, well, they aren't really paying the artists what they're worth. Well, to an extent, that's why we have title now, right? Right. So I just think we do, we are fortunate to have the internet and have all of these different ways of reaching our audience. We have, now you can text your audience, you know? So I think the internet just allowed for music to grow. It allowed even somebody like me to connect with artists from on the other side of the world. Um, What's her name? Um, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Apple, Christina Apple. I think that's her name. She sampled a Ivorian. I'm again, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm losing it, but she is an artist here in the States and she sampled um, an Ivory Coast traditional song. Mm -hmm. I love her song, but then I kind of had a moral dilemma because is she profiting off of another country's heritage? Right. And although like in the States, we have um, open domain. So I guess by this time, if it's, it's a folk song, so the song would be open for use, right? Mm-hmm. But I would like for, I wish that we weren't pirates necessarily. I'm mm-hmm. glad that we have the internet so that we can learn about other people's cultures so that we can sample music. But I also wish that there was some type of way that people would know, oh, this song is from you know, the Ivory Coast, or I wish uh, artists were more cognizant of just recognizing the birth of music or where they, they sample their music from. Right. I don't know. I just, I, I appreciate the internet with, with music. Um, I think, well, there are organizations out there that I mean, I can speak about copyright 
all day long. That's one of my passions, intellectual property. That's what I do. I negotiate contracts for research. Most time it's dealing with intellectual property. And I, I appreciate intellectual, intellectual property and almost empathize with artists when their music is pirated because I understand you stayed up all night long, you know, or, you know, you, you bled, you sweat all over this for someone to just, oh, well, I'm going to take it now and tweak it just here. And now we have another song. Right. I get, uh-uh, I, I, I can feel your pain with that. We have now um, Ed Sheeran and uh, Isaac, it's not Isaac Hayes, but that's the first person I thought of. But Isaac Hayes, <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> I know. Um, honey, I... Mm, dun, dun, dun. It is your, isn't it? Um... 17. Oh, I know what song it is, but I don't know who sang that. We found love right where that song. We are. Yeah. Um, but that's also, that's also the tune. It's like so many songs start to sound the same. Yeah. And I, I, I like that artists and what copyright law does. It allows artists to use other artists songs but you have to recognize that artist. You have to give right. that artist, you know, their just due. Right. So I love that the internet, and I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my neck, but that's exactly what, what happens in the world of intellectual property, copyright law, and what happens in the courtroom is because of this. Like we need to be able to have access to learn and access to different musicians, different artists, so that even our music can evolve. Right. Music is forever evolving because now all of a sudden we're introduced. I just learned today, Kweto music is a South African music that's, she said that it's like funk music mixed with hip hop, mixed with R and B. And it's like, okay but it also has like a reggae in there and I'm like oh okay all right then but how would they access it without the internet right so I think is is at the end of the day just give people their props that's what I'd say about it okay okay mm -hmm. Well, here at BYO, people, I don't know where I'm at now. Here at BYOK <laughs> podcast, we have a staple question. Okay. So if you can describe yourself in one word, what would that be and why? Mm. Okay. So while I think about this question, I'm going to throw out a question. Well, I know that, that sounds, because I have a staple question as well. Okay, so cool. I'm going to ask you a question. While I answer your question, you're going to think about my my question gotcha okay so if you could go anywhere in the world where would you go and why i think we kind of talked about that earlier but where would you go and who would you bring with you or who would you visit hmm. okay okay so i'll let you think about that because i think i know the word that i would choose 
Um, I would choose patience. And I would say patience because I definitely had to learn patience, not just this year, but growing. And somebody said it, it was my aunt who said she, they visited me last summer and she's like, you're so patient. And I would have never said that about myself. I would not claim, I'm claiming to be patient. I'm practicing, I practice so much patience. It's a daily struggle, um, but patience for me just means waiting for the best, waiting, waiting, and not just waiting in vain, but waiting, waiting for the right moment. Hmm. Like we hear divine timing, and sometimes we want something so badly. Sometimes we want to put out a project right now because it looks so good. I just want people to see it right now, but it's not time. Um, even connecting with different people, we were supposed to connect weeks ago. Right. I, I've learned about you since last year, but it's patience. It's, and that's how I'm interpreting it is, yes, I want to connect with you, be on Be Your Own Kind, I would love to be back in Dubai right now, but learning patience, being patient, being patient with other people has allowed my life to be just a little bit more sweeter. Even though I may not have my car right now, I'm not rushing to get a car. I, I've been fine without a car but I'm being patient enough to know that the car that I want is the car that I want. And I'm not just going to rush off and just get a car because I don't have a car. Right. I'm being patient for the person who's supposed to be my, my right, my bay, you know, I'm being patient for the food that I really want to eat because if I eat right now, it's not going to be really what I want. But if I wait just a little bit longer, you know, I'm going to enjoy my meal later. So I think that's, that's probably the word. And even, even being patient with other people, I have learned that, just sometimes we get caught up in what we're doing. We get caught up in our needs that if we can't be patient with the other person, we can come off as needy, entitled, demanding. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I do not ever want to come off as because I'm not. Um, so... That's my word. I'm going to ask you your, your same question too. While I don't know if you're still thinking about my question, but <laughs> what, <laughs> what word would you give yourself? No one has ever double backed on me with that really? question. <laughs> really? Wow. It just let me ask. Um, if I could describe myself in one word, what would it be? Me. I am. I am. You know, like, like me. I, there is no unique, there is no one out there 
like me, like to the point where there is there isn't an adjective that I can think of. Um, and I say that not from a sense of um, pretentiousness, but in a sense of majority of my life, I was trying to fit everybody else's adjective, everybody's else, you know, thoughts or ideas or plans that people had for me in my life till I never stopped to figure out who I was. Mm. So I had to take all of that out of the equation, who I'm supposed to be like, who I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be, how my life is this, da 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 ah, you know, and realize what do I want? What do I want to be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And it, just me. I just want to be me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want an extra adjective. I just want to be Renita. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what made me start this because I'm like, who else feels like this? Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. else feels like they have to be something else or someone else in order to be worthy of love and acceptance? Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, just just me. I, I one word, me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm embracing that because it just feels so good to wake up in the morning you know and it's not like life is perfect it's not like many things change but my perspective has Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know I'm I'm comfortable with me and and I'm that's enough for me Yeah. yeah sometimes that's all it takes is believing in yourself knowing you who you are loving you so you can show up as you show up as the best you because nobody else can. Right. Right. Thank you. Ah, oh, you tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think about like I've asked that question so many times. No one has ever came back. And asked. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and it was on the spot. I was like, oh. <laughs> Um, so I've been thinking about your question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take my husband with me mm-hmm. anywhere I go. Um, and at first I wanted to go to like Europe so bad, like Paris, Italy, you know, all those places. Um, but during like my YouTube uh, traveling, <laughs> I actually would like to tour Africa. Um, Egypt, Ghana is drop dead gorgeous. And you know, mm-hmm. And excuse my ignorance, but I've always like, like, I know it's, it's, it's impoverished. That's, that's how I grew up with it. You know, it, it, no one ever communicated to me how beautiful and rich it is and how it's people, my color, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not just, you know, in, uh, hay houses but mm-hmm. you know they have culture there and never, everyone's not poor there's actually wealthy as well like in, with anywhere you yeah. know what I'm saying and this royalty there mm-hmm. that no one speaks of you know mm-hmm. and the ambiance and the togetherness and it's like we everyone's like I want to go to Wakanda but we have a whole continent of Wakanda you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying like it actually exists it's, it's not a Marvel Marvel didn't make that up Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it it exists. Exactly. And I've been looking at a lot of um different places just in Africa alone. And I just I kind of want to go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. I definitely go with you. I am <sighs> I am like looking for the day where I can do a whole eat pray love trip, but yes. all of Africa. I visited Nigeria and like you said, you know, here 
I won't even say just in the States, but all over people will say, oh, Africa is, or no, I'll just limit it to the States because we can be kind of ignorant. So it's like, you know, people are like, oh, well, Africa is nothing but lions and giraffes just walking about. Well, right. first of all, Africa is a continent. Let's go to a country, okay? Right. And then we go to Nigeria. Oh, Nigeria is nothing but, like you said, huts and people just in poverty all over the place. When in actuality, no, people are living in houses better than yours, I'm just saying. Like, you know, and it's yeah. it's really... It's really sad that most, I won't say most, but some Americans have just such narrow minded minds that they can't think that, hey, maybe coming to America was kind of true. I mean, you know? <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> right. People just saw it as a concept, but there are Black queens and kings. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for real. real. Just like Wakanda. It's, it's for real. For real, no. for real. Yeah, it's for real, for real. It's, it's, it's like we're all like everyone was like idolizing, and, and I was the one person like, but we could go to a real, like, real life country that's just, everybody looks like us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's the, um, the why I would feel like Africans buck up with African Americans because I think they feel we lack pride. Mm. I never understood why we got on their nerves um, because I've they've some people I've known have expressed that about African Americans, but they have pride, they have um, traditions, you know, they have foundation, and to them, I'm not gonna say we don't, but to them, we're spoiled with no, you know, with no type of pride, no type of direction, no type of foundation, um, and I've heard that before, and I took offense to it before, but then I'm like maybe some of us don't, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You know, but I feel like we still can coincide and learn from each other. Um, mm -hmm. There is this little division between, you know, Africans, and African-Americans, which I feel like needs to be non-existent because we have our struggles here, just like they have their struggles there. Mm -hmm. And what, like you said, I love how um, Africa, I saw all online, because that's, that's where I'm at all the time, how they were supporting us doing the George Floyd. And then um, you probably know the name. I can't think of it. It's a, it's a, is it Nigeria? It's a, a group out there in Africa that was supposed to protect, but they're not protecting the people. Oh, in SARS. Yeah, in SARS. And I like how America reached back, yeah. you know, and that this year, once again, another beautiful thing in 2020, this year I saw Africans and African-Americans coming as one. It wasn't mm -hmm. a, well, I have more pride or y'all got to add. It wasn't those things. Mm -hmm. It was, we're all one. Mm -hmm. We're all African, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and like we're all a people. It is mm -hmm. no this and uh, no, no, us and we what I'm trying to say this and them it's us yes. you know what I'm yes. saying like and I love that I thought that was beautiful yes. like totally beautiful I I again I was just interviewing the singer um Lungi Motuang I'm not pronouncing her last name correctly but she said it like it was it was world changing yeah. all the way from South Africa, right? Mm -hmm. And she's texting me. And so when we were talking, we were talking about even the race relations and how 
she thought it was funny that I said that don't call me African-American. But when I explained to her that for me, well, I'm black American, I'm American. If you wanna call me by, if you're trying to, trying to identify me, just call me black, right? right? Because if she were to come to America, she's South African. Or better yet, I went to school with a white boy from South Africa. So when he become a citizen, he's South African. He's right. gonna become African-American. Right. So he's white, but yet you can't say that he's African-American because he's white, you know? So right. that's why I kind of, that, that dilemma was always in me please don't, but then don't get offended because I do love, I love my black people. I love us so, so, so much. I would never want to be any other race. I love our heritage. I love that I can go. I went to Dominica this time last year, a whole island full of people just like me. And they were like, are you from here? Is your people from here? No, I don't think so. But we look just alike. Oh, you know? wow. And it was it was amazing to me. So I would definitely I've never been to Ghana. I would love I used one of my roommates was Ghanaian and she would cook all the time for me. And I texted her the other day. And I'm like, please, please, I would give anything for Ghanaian jello fries and shito. Like I really yeah, we used, I mean, this is how bad it was, Renita. Like, I'm a foodie. So that's actually another question I'm going to ask you after I say this. Okay. <laughs> we, so my Ghanaian um, friend and I, we used to drive from Lansing, Michigan to Chicago, which is like a three hour drive, yeah. just to eat Ghanaian food. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> Maybe that's your favorite journey. <laughs> I am a foodie. I say that like on every episode because on every episode is another question. Growing up, so you said you're from Chicago. Yes. What was, and I don't even know what Chicago is known for. I know y'all have y'all's taste of Chicago, but what's one of your favorite Chicago foods? Deep dish pizza, hands yeah. down. <laughs> No, we don't do that thing, crust. We don't do that. We don't do that at all. It's thick. And then it's layered with some meat and then layered with a thick layer of cheese and a thick layer of the, the sauce and it's fresh ingredients. And then we throw it in the oven. It's in the oven forever. It takes forever. But like you said, patience. We wait. <laughs> we wait for it. We get it. It's on the table. We cut it. It's a pie. You don't, it's too thick. We don't roll pizza. We don't roll it. We pick it up with our hands. Some people are fancy and bougie. They got the like the knife and the fork, but no, we pick it up with our hands. Uh-huh. Bite. We bite it. <laughs> <laughs> we consume it and we're full and we're happy. Deep uh -huh. That is the story, the end of a deep dish pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up, close the piano, everything. We go home. That's it. <laughs> So I know, because I can appreciate a good pizza. I really can. But you would talk about me because I also love thin crust pizza. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. 
<laughs> but and people kind, we don't judge. Everyone can be their own kind, even if they <laughs> like their pizza. <laughs> I'm so mad you're so tickled about this too. <laughs> well, um, Renita, I know like we're just talking and we're like bouncing off of each other. Um, one of my wrap-up questions, you are a podcaster, a vlogger. I've learned so much about even just being a doing this whole interviewing scheduling just from scheduling with you oh thanks yeah seriously like it was so streamlined the process so what advice would you give to any podcaster vlogger interviewers people who just want to start their own thing what advice would you give just start just start it, even if you have no idea how to do it, just start it. Um, and starting can be as small as just thinking of a title, thinking of where you want to stream from. Um, if you There's so much information out here. Anything that I've learned, I've it's from the internet or from a fellow podcaster. Um, even from, from you, Alexia, I didn't know you can put things like podcasts on um, SoundCloud. So now I'm on SoundCloud. Nice. Little stuff like that. So it was, I was slowly building as I read, read up on things and listen to other podcasters. They mm-hmm. can give you ideas. They can give you um, techniques that you may not have. If You know, like th- that's how you learn from others and connect, network, network with other podcasters and people that, that, that are like-minded, you know? Mm-hmm. And another, another thing I've done was join Facebook groups. There is literally a Facebook group for everything everything and so you join some of those groups um and they bounce off ideas and they 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 tell you things you can either even say hey this is my cover art for my podcast what do you think a or b and you get a line of people that are super honest Mm -hmm. like hey you should do this and then some people will listen to your podcast and critique you that's Mm -hmm. another thing don't 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 be so sensitive with the critiques because it's to help you is to help you grow, you know? What did, so, what did Erica say? I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my sh- okay? <laughs> I mean, some people can be really rude with it, but you know the ones that that are really like, um, they're, con- you know, constructive. I've had people say, hey, I like this, but if you did this, just something as small as uniformity. Someone came to me that listened, that, um, listened to my podcast and said, hey, people look for uniformity so I had it all crazy episode one and then sometimes the colon was there sometimes it wasn't little stuff like that you know Mm. so even if you start off and nothing is uniform you you don't have a technique you don't have it just start because Mm. it'll come along the way Mm. you know we're not getting graded on this this Mm. is just something that we want to do you know we we want to connect we want to spread a word, spread some advice, whatever, you know, our niche is. So it's, it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, off bat, you know, we mm-hmm. can grow, grow with our podcast, you know, mm-hmm. so that's the advice I would give. <laughs> I definitely relate. I, I resonate so, so heavily because I mean, I, the first episode I interviewed a DJ and I thought it was going to be so cool to have him, you know, have his DJing in the back, have his set playing while I'm interviewing him. Uh-uh. I learned very quickly, do not have music going on in the background because when it comes to editing, it is hell. So <laughs> don't do that. Let that be a post-production thing, please. <laughs> 
Um, but like, I, again, I learned so much, even like seriously after we can do this later, I can schedule a class with you. I fell asleep and it's no shade, not at all. I fell asleep with a big smile on my face watching your, your last shoot the breeze. Oh, thanks for watching. Yeah, I was laughing. <laughs> it was just, it was relatable. I could understand, like, it was nice. And then you had everything, like the, the comments going back and forth on the, on the screen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have been so overwhelmed. How does she do it all? So <laughs> eventually I want to move to a platform, even if, you mentioned that I ha you saw me on YouTube. So I have a channel. It's not necessarily Amps Connected Podcast channel, but I can't wait to have these episodes, these Zoom episodes, you know, uploaded onto YouTube so that people can connect visually with my artists. So for real, I want... I need your help, Renita. I'm here. I'm here. And thank you for watching. I never know who's watching. Yeah. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Most definitely. And, and I learned, I learned from you. Like I said, I didn't know we can be on SoundCloud. So mm -hmm. when I was looking for your podcast and listen to them, I'm like, where is she? And you were on SoundCloud. I looked at your, your list. Um, I clicked the link and I'm like, oh, you can be on SoundCloud. And I instantly just start putting stuff yeah. on SoundCloud. So like I said, we learn, we learn from, from one another. Yes. And, and I didn't even think of branching outside of the United States. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. how, how is she even, uh, you know, you've been doing this for a while. And from your travels, I'm sure you've met people all over the world. It was just yeah. like, man, how can I connect beyond home? Yeah. You know, like, so once again, we all learn from each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'll say too, you can find me on Spotify. Uh, I don't even know if Spotify I Heart Radio. I Heart Radio. I love it. I listen to I Heart. I'm sorry. If I could do a jingle for them, I would. Um, but I, you can listen to me on I Heart Radio, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud. Google me. That's what I would say. You can listen to me on my website, which is actually, um, there's a SoundCloud widget in my website but you can find it there as well so that's how i found you that's how mm -hmm. i found um found your podcast uh on your on your website definitely mm -hmm. so, yeah i heard radio that's cool yeah <laughs> i heard radio so what's, what's in the future for you what what future plans do you have what can we expect oh i love this question because it keeps me thinking about my future mm -hmm. i don't ever want to just stop what i'm doing and i will say I'm going to take the Indiana bar February. So you can see me becoming an Indiana Esquire. Um, you can also still see me singing with my band. We're growing here in Lafayette. So um, my podcast, I'm growing, I'm connecting with more people. So really, I, I look for, for myself to just be bigger than where I am today, not necessarily physically, because um, I'm trying to stay in the gym because the COVID-19-19 was real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, I love my job. And so I, that's why too, I can't really say physically that I would be out of Indiana, but I would hope that by this time next year, we would be a little less restricted and my podcast would have grown a lot more that would afford me the opportunity to move more even globally, I would love that. I can't wait. Actually, it was this year. Um, this is December. So November, last month, I was going to take a whole trip, whole group of people to Dubai and have a whole trip. But COVID happened. But it was kind of, again, that word patient came up. I don't think I was really ready to host a trip with people that I didn't necessarily know. I had never traveled with them and then bring them abroad. You know, I had a whole trip in, um, schedule planned for them, itinerary, but it wasn't time. So hopefully maybe next year I'm looking again into doing something like that. It won't be in Dubai, but I hope to be a tra put travel agent under my title. Um, nice. How and about you? How about you? Um, I I I too want my podcast and my my brand essentially to grow. Um, I want a co. I want to own a building for um to have a co working space mm. for all businesses, and also the bottom floor would be for events nice uh, so people um what is that called rental space uh mm -hmm. for events so and also i want to i want to do little grants like present grants to different small businesses and for um people entering college and not like those traditional grants like mm -hmm. not for tuition i'm talking about things people don't think about like books when i first went to school <laughs> you know i had the grants and all this and i went to the bookstore and they were like six hundred dollars you're right, right. <laughs> and it's like six hundred dollars for books you know right. and so my family and I we had to scramble because we didn't account for books so mm -hmm. I want like a weird scholarship like one of them odd scholarships here is here's a thousand dollars just for your books you know yeah. what I'm saying like things that you don't think of a laptop things that you need mm -hmm. you know so it's maybe a trunk party type mm -hmm. <laughs> um you know um scholarship but yeah that's what I want to do I just want to give back um as much as I can um so also I started freelancing on the side so I'm hoping to expand expand that as well so okay. and anything I do is to to help expand others and I'm also thinking about going back to grad school to get my doctorate nice yeah nice. um in psychology so nice. um, I'm still thinking on it still mm -hmm. thinking on it so um but most likely it'll happen eventually <laughs> well I wish you oh much success on all of your endeavors if you go back to school I can't wait for you to become a doctor Dr. Renita Quirles <laughs> thank you yeah. and same for you I can't wait to, um, to see Esquire behind your name on hey. LinkedIn <laughs> hey, right um Renita I don't know if you have any more questions for me but no, I asked them all. I, I managed to get them in the conversation. I will. Nice. 
Okay. <laughs> and see, that's what I love. Like, I love about my podcast, especially, it's usually just a conversation that just flows like this. And we're just connecting. We're getting to know each other. I learned a little bit more about you. I need to go to Chicago to have some deep dish. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I also know that... Um, I'm going to hire you to help me like just do some back end stuff. So you did say you're a freelancer. Yes, ma'am. Yep. So I just, I appreciate conversations just like this, that just free flow. But I was asking because I want the connectors out there to be able to connect with you after this. You said you're a freelancer. I want them to hire you. So where can connectors connect with you? What are your social medias, emails, all of that good stuff? I'm everywhere. Um, my email is info at beyourownkind.com. Uh, my Instagram, none of it is uniform. <laughs> uh, my Instagram is be underscore your own kind. And, um, and Twitter is be your own kind 24. Um, it, it, everyone used to be your own kind. So it was really hard to to get that uniform. So though that's where you can find me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And connectors, you know how to connect with me. You can connect with me on my website, www.ampsconnected.com. You can email me info.ampsconnected at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at ampsconnected. This has been amazing. Yes, it has. <laughs> it's like we're waiting to say more. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is she going to sign off or am I going to sign off? I'm oh, okay. Here. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't mean so to say much. that, like, push you off. So thank you. Thank you so much, Alexia, for being a part of our show today. Mm-hmm. And until next time, um, everyone, don't forget to be your own kind and to be kind to yourself and to each other. Bye. Wait, I have to sign sign off too. I was just saying bye for that. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. We still want to be kind. (laughs) Connectors, connectors. This has been so much fun. Renita, thank you so much for connecting with us. Connectors, you know what to do. Don't we don't say bye around here. We say stay connected. Mm